Hello, good citizens. Welcome to the Natural High Club, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of happiness in all its glorious forms. This week, I have the great pleasure of speaking to one of my dear friends, Mark Davenport. Through years of exertion, Mark is sculpted like a Greek god. So we're going to deep dive into useful lockdown fitness routines. We're going to talk supplements, diet and ayahuasca amid a maelstrom of other interesting subjects. It's a fascinating podcast and I can't wait to unleash it upon you. As usual, you can subscribe to the Natural High podcast from wherever you're listening to this pod to get every new show straight to your phone. And you can, of course, follow us on Twitter at Natural High Club. Enjoy the show. The Natural High. There he is. Yinsman, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Do you have no camera? Is that that's what's happening here? You don't want to have a look at my ugly mug. Oh, so it's a vanity thing. You can't do. You've done. I you haven't had half it. an hour of, of coiffuring like you. Hair <laughs> and makeup from the wife. Yeah. <laughs> well, my hair out of place on your head as usual. Oh, it's impossible. No. I'm looking, I'm looking kind of kind of feral though, I'm gonna be honest. This whole like quarantine, no haircut. That's hilarious. How is that feral? If you asked me to describe that haircut in a hundred words, feral no. wouldn't even be close to the top hundred. Well, that's just because you're not as verbose as I am. That's the thing. The, <laughs> the range of your vocabulary is very limited. So that's, you know, wow. So we use Skype. I'm hoping that this is actually recording audio. Otherwise, the whole hour will be lost. It will still, <laughs> yeah. still be of great value to us, though, won't it? I, this is going to be uh, immortalized, and I'll watch it every day, for sure. Just to catch up and shoot the breeze. It's, it's fantastic. I don't know why we don't do this more often. Uh, it's very true, because we're both flaky motherfuckers. I mean, that goes really just on your side, but yeah, sure. That's that makes you feel better than I'm amazed. I'm amazed I've actually got you on, online here. This is incredible. Yeah. I was, yeah. I, you know, you always flirt with me, but then when it gets down to the business end, I you're know. like... I mean, you don't even get a ball tickle from me, you know? I know. <laughs> the effort that it takes you to go to to make up all these extravagant excuses for why you can't meet me yeah. actually uses up more energy than yeah. just, just meeting. Well, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm quite proud of the creativity that, um, that I have within me to create such elaborate stories and tales about why I can't actually hang out. Yeah. Oh, you're very creative. The reason I wanted to interview you, the reason I wanted to have an informal chat with you is not only because you're a very interesting and smart guy well, uh, and a good buddy, but you're also built like a brick shithouse. But you're built like a tasteful brick shithouse, not one of these ridiculous beefcakes who looks like, you know, they're going <laughs> to pop at any moment you've had you're actually sculpted to perfection i think most men would probably agree and probably most women too i feel like you're trying to get me in the sack right now and it is working <laughs> no i'm just painting a picture for my loyal you know listenership okay well that's, um, it's i thank you for that uh it's I, I do like most people in quarantine right now without a proper gym although i do i'll send you some pictures of the one that i made downstairs out of cinder blocks and wooden dowels Amazing. Uh, but yeah, I'm wasting away a little bit. So I'm looking forward to, to getting back. I want to get into it. I want to get into it. I want to talk about all those different elements because obviously the gyms are closed right now. But the other thing that boggles me about you is that you're such a socialite as well. Like you've got the sort of socialite side that I have, but you also manage to, to sort of, um, you know, keep going, maintain this impeccable fitness regimen. That's something that I really struggle with. 
And I think that lots of people do too, especially if they're going to, you know, cane it as much as you and I like to, you know, you know, weekend, late nighters, etc. But you still manage to get down the gym uh, or get your, your exercise done to the point where you just look impeccable the whole time. It's amazing. So I want to try and, you know, get to the bottom of that and see if we can unpick any little tricks and, and tips for, for people who are a little bit more like me. All right, let's do it. Do you think that your fitness drive comes inherently or can anybody get motivated to do it? Does fitness beget hmm. fitness? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think for me, it is uh, just on a personal tip. It is something that uh, it is. It's ingrained in in my DNA, um, and it's just. It was also like a product of where and how I grew up. You know, like my dad was a professional racquetball player in the '80s. Uh, absolutely dedicated to not only that sport but just fitness in general. Every day, he was right, out riding bikes, working out. Um, he had two heart attacks when he was younger because he grew up in the South. The terrible wow. diet of like you know fried chicken and fucking pig fat which uh, was good for you back then right as uh, far as we knew yeah no it's fucking fantastic <laughs> get uh, some pig fat down you mate <laughs> yeah that's the secret um but yeah no so we grew up like vegetarian as well before that was like a huge huge thing mm -hmm. um and so it was just always my my model was that was uh you know you need to be able to of course, take care of those who you love, but you also need to take care of yourself. And a big part of that is, is physical health as well as mental. Wow. I mean, you're not giving me a huge amount of hope here because I was hoping you were going to tell me that you were like a little fat kid. Well, yeah. I've always, always <laughs> yeah. been a donut from day one. And you turned so, it round. Let's see. Yeah. No, there's no hope for you. But um, I mean, I really it's for anybody, man. I think that if you get to a certain point and you have gotten stuck into the habit of you know, having bad habits, like, I think that it's really a big piece of it is like the mental part where it's just rewiring your brain to get to put that to force yourself to do so whatever activity is going to get you off the couch, and at least feeling good. I mean, there's a whole bit, I think another thing people do is they get caught up in like aesthetics, like they look at somebody's body type, and they say, you know, objectively, I would like to look like that when they don't really mm. think, you know, necessarily their own metabolism, their own activity rates. I mean, everybody's different right. uh, in age. I mean, you, you, you test that fear of man, your testosterone levels change as you get older, it starts to decline. Which um, means that you have less energy, less drive for that physical. There's that, but then also, um, even if you can just muster up the energy, um, just force yourself to do it. I mean, physically, your body just can't change as easily. You certainly can get into shape as you get older, but like, let's say if you're looking at like a 22 year old young man, eats well, you know, does whatever exercise, looks great physically. You're like, I want that body type. I mean, if you're 48, you can't necessarily just achieve that. Your body doesn't burn fat the same, doesn't build muscle the same. Um, so it's it's within reason. I think you have to be real with yourself and say, you know, I would love to look a certain way, but if I can just be fit, feel fit, and then, you know, my body type will change. It might not be this idyllic sort of Mark Davenport-esque, you know, statue. There um, <laughs> you go. Um, but, okay, but I mean, so what happens if you don't uh, exercise every day then? Or do you, ever, do you ever like struggle for motivation? And what do you do to get motivated? Or do you just literally feel like you need it every day? Yeah, you know, yesterday, because you sent me that, uh, excuse me, little agenda of, uh, of question items yesterday, mm -hmm. which quite, uh, quite the, the, the timing, because I was, dude, I was hungover as fuck yesterday. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I, I rarely drink, you know me, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm generally, a beer touch fan. It. 
That's what, yeah. Generally, a beer man, I will drink, you know, fucking 20 beers. Uh, but I rarely drink, like, whiskey these days. Anything brown, really. I've kind of stayed away from that just because it's, okay. you know, I like it a lot. And it makes me feel like shit the next day. And I forgot that on Sunday. And so I woke up yesterday. Just, dude, uh, absolute shithouse. Fucking mm. Um, and so I laid on the fucking couch all day like a piece of shit because I felt like I was going to die. Uh, and then I contemplated like, because I was like, dude, I could go downstairs to my little makeshift Rocky Four gym and uh, lift some cinder blocks and maybe run around the block uh, or not. And, like I, everything in my fucking like, body was telling me don't do it because like I just, I did not want to move. It, it sounded awful. Mm. But then it's like what motivates me even in those moments when I don't want to do any of that is like thinking about um, how I felt when I've been like hungover or just felt like kind of sick or just tired, lethargic, how I felt like the next day or the evening after that, like, it's almost like I've gotten to this point where it's like, there's guilt. Even if I'm like feeling like shit, I'm like, dude, if I just go down even for like 15 minutes and do something, you know, fucking run around the block, do some push-ups, uh, ride a bike, whatever. I just mentally I'll feel better physically. It might, yes. might not do anything, but it's just that little mental edge that you get by just forcing yourself to do it. And then how you feel afterwards, you know, cause not doing it's easy. And you're like, fuck dude, I'll do it tomorrow. Uh, and then maybe you don't do it tomorrow. Maybe you're like, all right, I'll do it tomorrow. I still feel bad. And then you've gone like four days without doing anything. And that's like a pattern. That's like an unhealthy pattern. So it's not that you have to do it's like physical shit every day, but it's getting into like the mental headspace of saying like, even when I don't want to do it at my lowest moment, I'm hungover. Uh, it still is going to make me feel better, both like mentally and I might even get like a little bit of physical rush from all the endorphins from working out, you know? So that might say like change uh, my outlook and my feeling. So that's like, what's going to motivate me to do it. Cause if I don't do it, I'm just going to stay feeling like absolute dog shit. You know? It's such a good point. You know, you're going to feel better if you, you do it. it. Yeah. It's one of those classic scenarios where, you know, you know what the right answer is in life, but actually executing and doing the right thing is that much harder. Yeah, absolutely. Man. So, but you do manage to, to stick to it every day. You've already mentioned that everybody's got this bespoke digestive system and bespoke way that their body works. So you couldn't necessarily prescribe a one size fits all fitness regimen for right. everybody, but you can, I'm still sure, surely talk to us about, um, about efficient exercises what are you what have you got going on down there in the uh in the cellar right now what's yeah, the makeup call, of that well called the the dragon slayer buddy down in the dragon slayer. <laughs> um it's it's it is it's almost fucking embarrassing that I'm, I'm down there i was i was down there the other day working out i'm like dude this is fucking awesome i'm fucking feeling great getting my pumps and then i was like took a step back and got outside of like my own little weird headspace and was like dude mm. objectively if somebody walked in right now dude i'd be so fucking embarrassed <laughs> i'm sitting here no shirt because there's nobody in there there's dirt floor unkempt everywhere there's i'm covered in dust i'm like blasting fucking iron maiden doing like tricep pushdowns like nice yeah mark's a fucking psycho no, that's, that's amazing. It's exactly why it's a very aspirational way to live. And also, you know, it is con this lockdown is conducive to that, isn't it? Like, I've definitely yeah. been doing more healthy stuff since the pub's closed. Like that. Exactly. Exactly. But you, over time, like somebody who's a, such a fitness connoisseur and somebody who does it every day, must, yeah. you must have, and somebody who's as smart as you, must have noted which mm. exercises are more efficient. Like you must have seen yeah. development in certain yeah. muscles and think, wow, that's fucking incredible that well, I've managed so I that from that. I think that like a big thing with, cause people want recommendations all the time. Um, and, and it's all anecdotal, by the way. I just want to say that like, you know, I'm, I'm not a doctor. I'm not sort of any sort of, uh, thank God. 
<laughs> the last, the last doctor I'd go to. <laughs> I'd be so full. Of I, would, some would, of this. I would always drop that I have that fucking uh, that, uh, that MD title as well. Oh, you didn't uh, know doctor. Oh, cool. <laughs> no, you don't take it in pill form. You're supposed to smoke it. I was, yeah, <laughs> you're supposed to snort it. No, no, no. We don't smoke anything. Every pill you get, you crush and snort it. Yeah. Uh, oh, but anyway, anything that motivates you to get moving, whether it be right. an actual outdoor activity, which I, you know, having limited options now is actually really good you know i'm an avid lifelong surfer um mm. i do that as much now but you know i would supplement that with just by going to the gym or doing brazilian jiu-jitsu both of which are closed so it is kind of nice to reconnect with, like these outdoor activities that like i forgot that i really enjoyed doing you know like taking super long kind of challenging bike rides or like going out to the park and like running up hills and you know doing push-ups mm. um so anything that like gets you moving playing tennis is is awesome in terms of like actual like physical exercises you can do to like strengthen and shape your body in ways you like i mean the basics man um nothing fancy just like old school basic exercises like squat movements for legs doesn't have to be with the bar it could be just you know any sort of weight in your hands Okay, so you need weight in your hands and sort of basically the crouching movement. Absolutely. Squatting down and coming back up. Uh, Pull-ups, like old, most old school workout ever, exercise anyway, like strengthens your back, your arms, your shoulders, your core, everything. So it's. Like, I've heard that, sorry to interrupt, but I've heard that um, there are different ways of doing the squats and one's more effective than the other. If you, if you turn your hands away from you when you're doing the pull-up, is it better for you? It targets, I mean, it's like a, that's just like down in the weeds kind of thing. Like if you're a more advanced kind of uh, person, okay. fitness you'd get. But so yeah, essentially like if you turn, so your palm is facing you as you do a pull up, that focuses a little bit more on your arms and your lower part of your back. Whereas if you put your palms uh, facing away towards you while you do a pull up, focus a little more on like the upper lats, upper the lats being the testament's dorsi, the big muscles in your back. But as you say, that's further down the line. Like you're, at the moment, you're like, just do one pull up and come back to me. <laughs> Whatever feels good. And also, again, it's like an age thing. I'm, I really feel this too, dude. Like there's certain like movements, whether it be like a squat or a pull up or um, like a push up, we can talk about in a second, that like I just can't do without discomfort. Like if I do like an underhanded pull up where I turn my palms towards me, it puts a lot of strain on like my shoulder, my elbow, both of which I've had injuries from from Brazilian. Really? So yeah, it's that's a big part of it too. Like as you get older, um, you know, take. Can you just can? Sorry to interrupt. Can you discern between like an actual injury that's causing you problems and then just some creakiness, which you're going to have to keep doing the exercise in order to you know get through the pain barrier? Yeah, you got to be careful with that. I mean, if you've had like an injured part, like I've mm. had in my so I used to be. Uh, amateur uh, MMA fighter and in surfing, I've gotten a ton of injuries from that too. Like I know where I've had like some pretty serious trauma, in particular my shoulder, my knee, and my left elbow. Um, mm. If I feel any sort of pain that's like beyond just like a nice little like light pop, I'm definitely not going to do that movement because it's that's just saying that you know whatever you're doing is like impinging on those joints and like when mm. you have small joint damage going forward or large joint. Uh, in age, it's like, I mean, that's, that's a death sentence, dude. That's like surgery for sure. But yeah, you're right. There will just be some natural creaks and pops, especially if you're not like a super active person already. Mm. Um, your body's going to, you know, make some space in the joints. So some of the gas that's in there is going to pop out and that's okay. So yeah, but you'll know the difference between pain and pain and pop. 
Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Okay. So we've done. We're talking. We've talked pull-ups and squats. They're yes. two classic essential exercises for building up the the legs and the the back and the arms and and what else then? Yeah. And then uh, and then like a chest movement. So if you don't have like workout equipment, you push-ups and you can do weighted push-ups by putting weight on your back, putting like weights in a backpack and doing push-ups. Um, or if you are at the gym, you can do something that, uh, like a pressing movement that would probably not cause you any shoulder pain. Some people can't do bench press. That's like the classic, laying flat on the bench and just pressing the bar up with weight on it. Mm -hmm. um, I can't do it, so like I totally understand that. But you do Why can't you do it? Because of shoulder pain. Shoulder pain, yeah. I mean, and the bench press itself, it's like one of those movements where unless you actually had somebody teach you how to do it properly, like right. you, know, you played sports and you had a coach, whatever the case is, there's a lot of ways that like the bench press can actually over time just do damage if you're doing it wrong because it's it if your arms are the wrong angle or they're too close into like towards your your torso they flare out it puts a lot of pressure on your elbows uh it impinges your shoulders that's like you really need to know the mechanics of that sort of thing so i always tell people who are starting out if you're going to do like a like a chest press movement like do just start with machines machines will let you know kind of how the movement should go and you'll start to feel the muscles actually working right Really good point. So free weights are a little bit for further down the line, ideally. Ideally. Um, and what about uh, getting rid of the tummy fat? Yeah, the best exercise is to make your plate lighter and eat less. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, that's really it, man. <laughs> like, you definitely need to burn. So essentially, like, you know, tummy fat, any sort of uh, weight that you want to lose any part of your body, you know, you burn, or you, excuse me, you if you're eating less than you're burning, right? If you're eating less calories than you're burning throughout the day, um, then you're going to lose weight. And there's no like... What does that mean, you're burning? So, I mean, we all have like a baseline. And I can actually send you some links on like how you can calculate this. It's pretty easy. Nice. We have the baseline amount of calories we need throughout the day. Mm. It's going to mm. be burned by our system just to support like our natural body function, right? Uh. A lot of people would be something like, I don't know, you know, they have a baseline of like 1100 calories or mm -hmm. 1200 calories, you know, depending on like your activity level, you work, some people like walk around, like if you work in the service industry, you're burning more calories because you're on your feet walking around all day. And then you also have this baseline just to keep your body going. So you need to figure that out. And then after that, you then factor in what your activity level is outside of like your normal day to day working activity. So okay. that would be, do you work out? Are you playing a sport? You know, what are you doing for physical fitness? And that you can sort of generally calculate how many calories you're going to burn. Like I just went surfing yesterday. Um, I surf about two and a half hours. I probably burn somewhere around like 400 to 500 calories. So mm. you then factor that in and figure out, I have like a baseline of somewhere around like, you know, 1800 to 2000 calories a day. Mm. Um, so then you can kind of figure out how many calories you need to eat to stay within a range of like either maintaining your body fat levels or just your body composition. Or if you want to gain weight, how many more calories you need if you want to lose. Wow. Yeah. So I do. So ideally, do you sort of loosely stick to that then? Do you count, do you loosely count your calories each day based on the I don't amount? Know. I, when I was competing in, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, which I, for about four years was like pretty hardcore, always uh, taking Brazilian Jiu Jitsu fights and then doing tournaments. I was like pretty serious because you had to make weight, you know? So mm. if I was walking around at like 100, 192 pounds, I don't know how many stone that is for your British folk. Um, and, uh, <laughs> like that. No, do I. Uh, then I had, to yeah, I had to maintain sort of that range so that I could cut weight to make, you know, I used to compete at like 170, sometimes 185. So it was like losing between 15 and 20 pounds. So it was wow. like, 
Yeah, so that, that kind of stuck with me, man. But now, no, I just have like a general idea. And, and you know, if you're overeating and you're not working out, I mean, you know you're going to gain weight. So it's like mm -hmm. people ask me that. I'm always like the first step, dude, is just like looking at your meals, like whatever you eat throughout the day and figuring out like what's a more reasonable amount of food you should be eating based on what you're doing. If you're sitting around your ass, you don't need to eat that much fucking food. I mean, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically with your abs, it doesn't matter how much sit-ups you do, you're still going to have that layer of fat on top of your abs, which is going to hide the abs if you're not eating properly. Absolutely. And you can like certainly develop them. Like I, people are like, oh, well, you know, I'm kind of out of shape now. And I'm like, but I'm on this program where like I'm, I'm losing weight slowly, but I'm not going to do like ab stuff now, like ab workouts, because there's no point. It's not really true. I mean, any exercise you do, especially when it comes to like building muscle, is going to be good for your metabolism. Because the more muscle you have and you're able to develop, the, the faster your metabolism is going to be, the more calories you're going to burn. So mm. um, I always say to keep doing that. And then also like when you do lose that fat, which hopefully, you know, you will if that's your goal, uh, it'll be a lot easier to see your abs if they're developed as opposed to waiting. Sure. And, oh man. Okay. Well now I have to go back and you know do this. That's another couple of months. So sure. So you're coming in from both angles. So what's the percentage of, uh, in terms of your body shape, what's the percentage uh, food, to uh, training in terms of getting that perfect body shape? What do you reckon? Give me a, what do you think? Estimated yeah. percentage. Man, again, anecdotally, um, oh gosh. I mean, I think the focusing on like the diet and just maintaining those like healthy eating habits uh, is probably like 70% of it, I would say. Wow, wow. Yeah. And, so, and so how does that uh, look in terms of your diet? Does it, does it matter what time of the day you eat? Mm -hmm. And what sort of stuff do you eat? And how, how much crap do you allow, just allow yourself to eat? Yeah. Do you say crack or crap? Because I smoke <laughs> crack twice a day. I've got a healthy habit that I need to feed. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's tough, dude. Um, I, I, I've tried kind of all the diets. You know, I've, I grew up vegetarian um, in college when I like, kind of wanted to beef up because I was a bit stringy and wiry throughout college. Uh, Aren't we all, darling? <laughs> those are prime days um i started eating a lot more excuse me like animal protein um and that definitely had, like had a huge change like i could see it going from like essentially a vegetarian diet to importing animal protein in i mean i just i puffed up immediately really yeah it was weird um and that could just be like an american thing because we shoot so much antibiotics and hormones into the food and i was not eating like organically at the time that maybe mm. That had something to do with it. Um, but I've also done intermittent fasting. Um, my wife and I have been vegan for months on end. Uh, I, you know, I really just think that anything that you are doing that makes you feel good, that you know is not a completely unhealthy diet, is a good choice. As long as you're making good choices and eating the right like portions of food and not overeating, I think it's good. I mean, there's definitely like the vegan animal protein food debate or animal protein debate. I. Uh, I don't know if now is a good time to speak to that, but the vegan part for me, I really liked it. I mean, it's not too far from how I grew up. So it felt really comfortable. You feel mm -hmm. good about what you're eating um, for the most part, you know, uh, just like in, for me personally, like also the positive effects it has on like the environment uh, when you're eating vegan is like uh, made me feel really good. Mm -hmm. Physically though, I just feel like, and I think we've talked about this before. I just felt like I did not, like I lost a step, you know, like, uh, energy energy wise yeah and and mm. strength wise and, and and this could again this, this is anecdotal and it could be just me um but like when i was 
I would compete in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when, we when I was vegan. I just I felt like I didn't have enough energy. I didn't have the cardio wow. endurance. Uh, I didn't have the strength that was there. I just wasn't like competing as well. I was losing matches that I didn't think I should be losing. Strength-wise, like in the gym, I definitely wasn't. You know, like that fucking uh, beastly bro. You know, mm. trying to show off and lift the the most fucking weight. Just I couldn't do it. Um, yeah, no, no, it's really interesting to get all those in perspectives for, for sure. Um, but you can sort of tell, can't you, when you eat anything good or anything bad. Like if you, you know, in times past when I've gone to Burger King, I've never felt good after a Burger King. So <laughs> you, your body tells you, doesn't it, whether you're eating good or bad food. Almost. I, I think that's the, the brand of cheese they use on those burgers. It's called, it's called regret. <laughs> so true but do you have a strict regime in terms of the times of the day that you eat and is that important for metabolism yeah you know it's really interesting man i i have done again like kind of the full spectrum i've always kept it at um eating smaller meals frequently throughout the day okay so i think that works for me so like you typically will wake up and just eat you know like a breakfast meal at a normal time and then like three to four hours later I'll have like another smaller snack and then maybe three to four hours later another another small meal and just kind of carry that on really don't eat past like nine o'clock um but i like to like that's usually like the, my last little like meal of the day around nine ish is like a protein mm -hmm. food. my last whole food meal of the day is like six i don't like to eat whole food too late i just don't think it metabolizes that well in my like body and i wake up in the morning i feel sluggish and just kind of sick whole um, foods such as uh just any meal that's like not like like an actual meal of like Okay. Food, like rice and chicken and, and mm -hmm. you know, then when a non whole food, whole food meal would be like protein shake. Okay. Is, just liquid. Um, but intermittent fasting is really interesting. And I think that does work as well. Um, if you can make it work. Uh, okay. What sort of intermittent fasting have you tried and which one do you find effective? Yeah, I've done the 16 hour. So you okay. go 16 hours, no eating, and then you pack in your daily calorie needs uh, within that little like four hour window. Is that four hours? No. Eight. Six hours. Eight. Eight hours. I used to be a teacher. It was amazing. I used to teach kids <laughs> math. Uh, fucking Christ. Brilliant. Anyway. So you'd eat, uh, from like ten, you'd eat from like 10 till 6 in the daytime and then that'll be it. Yeah, about that. I usually wait a bit later. I think I would do uh, 11 to 7. That's, it's not that much of a wrench, is it, really? It's really not. It's really not. And especially if you, what else, like I'd noticed myself who I didn't never really carry around a lot of body fat, but the little that I did have would just melt off if you during that like window where you're not eating in the morning, I would just go for like a, like a, like a brisk walk in the morning or even like a little jog, nothing super like big, but it was just something to kind of like kickstart my metabolism up even more and burn right. calories when you're fasting. And like, dude, no joke. I, I looked pretty, not to toot my own horn. I looked pretty good after like two weeks. I just couldn't nice. keep it up because it's, it got in the way of like, when I'm like working, it was like too hard to like, fucking time that shit at work. And you know, it was just kind of a pain. Now I've, I've, um, I've heard about like, I've done three day fasts and things like that before. And I've heard that it takes a bit of time before the ketosis kicks in, which is the sort of ultimately the cell regeneration, isn't it? Diet right. killing the bad cells and then it's regenerating new cells, which is the idea of fasting. And that's sort of the health benefit of it. Does that right. happen with intermittent fasting? Like you're describing as well? Um, I don't think that you, it's, it's not a ketosis kind of thing because you could still be eating, you know, carbohydrates and stuff when it's mm. in eating window. Um, it really is just about giving your body time to, uh, clean itself out and then to burn. Right. Calories. Um, yeah, it's, I, I think it works really well. I'm, I'm interested in keto. I, it's been around for a while. I remember when I first got into lifting weights, uh, in, in college, 
keto was like kind of taking off then. And uh, yeah, I tried it once for a little while. Just, it wasn't, I ended up eating like a whole jar of peanut butter. And I was like, I feel like I'm just, this is not productive. <laughs> it shouldn't be right. It shouldn't one, be allowed. One sitting. I was like, that's, that's gotta be like nine days worth of calories. Like, that's just not, that's not for me. Yeah, it always feels really strange when you're told you can eat whatever you want on a diet or as much as as much as you want in certain foodstuffs. But the yeah. thing is, the great thing about you is you're very unassuming, but you, you always deep dive into these things. So like at the start of the year, you know, when I did my New Year's resolutions, got all my vitamins, put them on a table for you whilst yeah. we sort of had a beer and deciphered which, uh, which vitamins were going to work for me. You knew pretty much about every single one, which is brilliant. So you do actually take a real interest in it. Yeah, obsessive. That's the deal. I don't... Uh... Yeah, there's not a whole lot. Of, I mean, I have a wide interest in, in of all things in life. Um, but yeah, those few things that I kind of get into, I just I get like really into them uh, and get like obsessive about learning as much as possible. Uh, prime example, I don't know if I told you, I'm planning on cutting my own hair because that's like kind of annoying the shit out of me right now. Wow. Um, no barber shops are open, of course. So, but I've been obsessing over like, what's the process? I don't get it. I mean, I bought like, <laughs> do super dope clippers. Uh, and then I've watched, I would say probably going on like 300 hours of YouTube videos just about how to cut your own hair. Um, but, but isn't your wife cut, a hairdresser? She, she, she can cut it, but I, I'm, I, can't, I don't trust it. I want to do it myself. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> nice. I've, got, I've got a couple more exercise questions to ask you in a minute. But while we're on the topic, what supplements do you take, if any? Uh, you, dude, I've, I've actually minimized so much. I, I used to take, no joke, it would take me like five minutes every morning mm. to like get all these pills out of the fucking little pill case and to take them just because I took so many. Um, That's me. Yeah, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I just think, I got to a certain point where A, I was just spending like half my check on fucking supplements, which is- Yeah, nebulous stuff. vitamins with nebulous benefits. Right. Um, and then I, I was, you know, I wasn't really sure. Like, I just wanted to see the other side of it and like, what would it be like without some of these supplements? So like, <laughs> um, and I don't think much has changed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> other than I have like, you know, a couple more dollars to my name. Uh, mm. But I do still take shit for my joints just cause that's like, I've just had a lifetime of like, you know, high impact sports. Like I was obsessed with skateboarding and snowboarding right. as a kid and then surfing. Uh, and then I got a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I wrestled in high school. Uh, it's going to take its toll. It is. I mean, I can, I'm starting to feel it now. Like, I, I definitely feel great and spry, but I, you know, my joints are, are hurting. I wake up in the morning, my knees and my fucking shoulders are already fucked. So I take um, glucosamine chondroitin, which is like a classic for joints. I take Cissus quadrilangus, which is um, another supplement that's like, pretty solid in regenerating some of the uh, lubrication in your joints. What's it called, that second one? Cissus, C-I-S-S-U-S, and then quadrilangus. Quadrilangus. Yeah, Q-U-A, you got the right. Yeah, do these, do a glucosamine and cissus quadrilangus uh, vegetarian or vegan uh, supplement? Uh, that cissus, I believe, has shellfish, it's like a shellfish derivative, so that would not be vegan. Okay. That would definitely, yeah, it wouldn't, that wouldn't work for vegetarians either. But it's all, it's all playing to the sort of fish oil Amiga thing. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, um, and glucosamine is, is shellfish derived as well, unfortunately. Okay. Um, but those are really good, and those, that's pretty much all I take that, and I do take uh, fish oil as well, because I think that's really good, uh, not only mm. for metabolism, but just for the omega-3 acids. 
do you think that there's a, a big difference between like cheaper and more expensive vitamins? Even if you're like getting a thousand micrograms of a good brand versus a like, you know, cheaper brand, do you think there's a difference? I mean, the only thing I would say is you have to like, this is where it kind of helps to be like a little bit obsessive about fucking shit. Because when you start mm. to look at like the source of like, of your vitamins, right. like a, a basic one is like vitamin C. There's like a couple of different sources of vitamin C, some of which are more like absorbable than others in the human body. So mm -hmm. you need to do your research on what it is that you are looking for and then what supplements that you have, like what's the source that they're providing that, that, uh, that vitamin, uh, that mineral through. Okay. So yeah, I think price wise, sometimes it, it does make a difference, but again, it's just, you have to do your due diligence and kind of look into it. A lot of times it doesn't dude. A lot of times like the cheaper brands, it's the same exact shit, you know, as, as the more expensive. Mm. Yeah. If you could only do one exercise, what would it be? Just want to give some. I want to give our listeners like a hack of something they should get yeah. into. If they, I know, as you say, it's bespoke for each person, body shape, etc. But if you can only do one, you're going to go for some crazy all-in-one like burpee <laughs> or something. Aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I was thinking. Wait, so you're talking like, a, like an actual. What's the most effective movement you can do? Exercise. Okay, because I'm like, yeah, there's like sports too, but you're talking about yeah. just movement. Um, I mean, I mean, sport. You can include sport as well. Yeah. What's the most? What's what? Do you, what do you think is the most useful bodily movement that you do in terms of maintaining your shape, your fitness, your strength? Well, I'll, I'll break it down into a couple of ones. So, if it were just like you, you were asking if I could just do one thing, what would I do? Yeah. Fitness, like everything else, melts away. I mean, mm -hmm. honestly, Brazilian jiu-jitsu for me is. Right. Hands down, if I didn't lift any weights, if I stopped surfing, you know, going outside running, and I was just doing that, I feel pretty confident that I would still be in super good shape. Actually, no, I would. I mean, the, the guys I train with come in, uh, especially like beginners, come in out of shape. They come in in, you know, not soft. Yeah, not Adonis form. Um, and then, you know, after a couple of months of like just actually coming in week after week, I mean, they lose the weight. They look, you know, they look great. So it's just a full body, mental, spiritual you know, exhaustive workout and you like, and you learn a skill. That's the other thing too. It's like a skill that you can take into life and like is super, I mean, it's come in handy for me a lot of times out on the street, um, just defending myself or, wow, you know, yeah. So and just, it builds confidence. So I would say that if it were just one exercise, like one, like you just doing one fitness exercise to, you know, improve your body composition. I mean, you have to think the biggest muscles in your body Mm. Um, and that would be those would be your legs for sure um that'd be okay. the whole in your quads hams and your glutes um I so would the squat say, then i would say probably probably squats if you're looking to just burn the most amount of calories and build muscle and have like a full body effect i would say squats or pull-ups you know it kind of depends um mm. because pull-ups they both just have a huge huge impact on your composition they're, they're big muscles one last thing about that too is um uh, squats and pull-ups, I believe, have been shown to release more testosterone as you do them in your body. So more ah. testosterone, increased uh, increased muscle mass, and then increased metabolism rates as well. So the bigger the muscle, uh, the better it is to do. If you just have one or two exercises, I would say those would be them. That's all I'm going to do from now on, my man. That's brilliant. That's, your legs can look amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I've got Are the pull-up bar. The pull-up bar is installed, but I need to just like dust it off a little bit. You can get D to get on your back and you can squat with her. <laughs> but it's so, it's so true because, you know, once I get into the pull-up thing, like I really enjoy doing it. It feels amazing. But oh, just yeah. for that initial, when you haven't done it for a while, the initial mm -hmm. getting back up, getting back on the horse, 
It's yep. just, uh, it just feels wrong. <laughs> it's true. Doesn't it? It feels wrong for you. <laughs> it's true. Okay, I'm going to ask you, um, oh, I just wanted to go back onto Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, actually, because I've always been fascinated by it, but I don't really know too much about it. How much of it is, like, just fitness training, and how much of it is, like, full contact, you know, bending each other's thumbs? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, all, it's, all, it's all full contact. I mean, it's, the fitness is inherent in, in grappling right. in general. I mean, it's what you're, you're doing in there. I mean, there's, like, there's drilling sections, but... Drilling is just, you know, the teacher will show you like a new submission or a new sweep, whatever, the new move of the class. Uh, and you practice that at like a slower speed, a lighter pace. Um, but that's only about 30 minutes max, you know, and the classes can be up to two hours or more. Um, because the whole last part is then, you know, actually applying it full speed with, you know, multiple training partners. Because like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is like super unique in all martial arts. Um, in that it's like the only one that you can go like 100% full contact with as hard as you possibly can with your training partners, like every class. Like you go wow. to a boxing, a boxing class, a Muay Thai class, a kickboxing class, uh, judo, well, judo to do this too. Um, you know, a lot of the, the more like traditional sort of striking classes, you're never going to go full speed because, I mean, you can fuck each other up. <laughs> and and yeah. this, you still will fuck each other up, but you know, when you're choking somebody and they're about to go to sleep, they tap, and they, you know, you let go and you can do it all over again. If I hit somebody as hard as I possibly can when we're boxing, I mean, they get knocked out. They can't come back to class for a couple of weeks because they just got to keep <laughs> So it's, uh, it's, it's super fun and it's unique in that you actually learn a lot about yourself. I mean, you're challenged to get out of your comfort zone. When I, especially when you're starting, when you're fighting guys, when I say fighting, you're just training with, but you're training guys, training with guys who, you know, have years of experience ahead of you. And it's just this massive learning, learning gap between the two. And so you're getting beat up. I mean, when I first started, I was getting choked out almost cold by guys who were half my size and like half my age. Um, and so you have to like, there's these mental barriers that you have to break through, you know, the longer you train. So it's, I got nothing but positive to say about it, but yeah, inherently because you are going hundred percent full speed when you're training, you get in insane cardiovascular shape. And then at the same time, you're also, you know, you're pulling, you're grabbing, you're squeezing, uh, you're jumping around. So it's just this full body, physical, nice. exhaustive workout. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so you feel pretty high after something like that then? It's, and that's part of it, man. That's where people get, it's, it really is an addictive uh, sports, I guess you'd call it that. I mean, it's a, it's a fighting art, but it's super addictive. I mean, there's guys who are a little bit younger who train, you know, two or even three times a day just because you feel so good afterwards. You know, wow. it's just crazy dump of endorphins a natural high if you will uh, you know i'll take it shoot me up <laughs> um i i'm speaking from a point of complete naivety but i've heard that brazilian jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu that skill is almost essential for mma fighters these days is that right 100 percent. yeah for sure they have to have that skill pretty much now yeah if you don't have it i mean you can go back to like when mma was first popularized and like in America, at least, probably in England as well. Um, and you watch the guys, because it was like, originally it was just like, you know, my skill is karate, your skill is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We don't know, neither one of us knows anything else other than, you know, those yeah. are. So let's see what happens when we fight each other. And I mean, 100% of the time, the dude who knew the submission grappling, which is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, catch wrestling, whatever, uh, would just take down the striker, because they have no idea. A boxer, it could be lethal on their feet. Like Mike Tyson in his prime, He's a scary, probably the scariest striker in the world. Yeah. 
but he can't stop. Let's say even me with 10 years training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and like a bunch of years wow. wrestling. He can't stop me from taking him down, right? He can if he punches me, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be it for me. But odds are I'm just gonna change levels and go as low as I possibly can, sneak under his punches and going super fast on the shot, grab his legs, take him down. And then once you're on your back and you're a boxer or a kickboxer, or whatever, I mean you don't know how to fight. If somebody's on top of you and you've spent yeah. your entire life training on your feet, and that's you know the the leverage and the how to punch from there, you never trained once on your back. So like right. Your, your punches are null, you know, and then you don't know how to defend yourself from a choke or an arm lock or whatever. So uh, it's always going to be, if you don't know how to grapple, at least how to defend yourself while grappling, uh, it's, I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a rough night for you. For sure. <laughs> what are your feelings about running versus walking? I know you're not a big fan of running. You don't do a lot of it anyway. There's no. a lot of, in, there's a lot of rumor out there and speculation on the interwebs about running being bad for your joints and your skeleton as well. What yeah. was your take on it? I, again, this is just my personal, personal view. Um, I, I don't like running for me personally. I, I think that, it, you know, it burns uh, a lot of muscle. It, it definitely burns calories, but you can also burn through muscle. And it's, I think you and I have talked about it too, where you can just look at, you know, any long distance, like high level, long distance runner. Um, and then look at somebody who is a sprinter or somebody who is, you know, just into lifting weights and yeah. has figured out because they, you know, the body composition is there. I mean, it's day and night difference. So, so true. And there's nothing wrong with either one of those body types if that's what you want to do. But you just have to think about what your goals are. I personally mm -hmm. don't, um, for what like I like to do, which requires like a little bit of, you know, more muscle kind of thing, like Brazilian mm -hmm. Jiu-Jitsu, surfing even to a certain extent lifting weights, uh, you know, I don't think the body type of a long distance runner would really be conducive to me doing well at those things that give me sort of enjoyment and pleasure, you know? Um, mm -hmm. I do think there's like some degradation to your joints that, uh, again, obviously that's what I'm worried about these days. And that I think running and just pounding your, you know, your knees as you're running on pavement is not an awesome choice. Um, mm. So there's nothing wrong with it. And again, anything that gets you motivated, man, if, if you are a person who likes to run and like you are struggling with fitness and you're like, dude, if I could just go run instead of go lift weights at some gym, fuck it, dude, go run. That's fine. But just if you have different goals for your, like how you want to look, you need to keep that in mind as well. It's so true. It's so much to do with the way that it makes you feel afterwards and just being in the routine of running, you know, if you, once you finish, you feel good. But yeah, I've been told, I've heard that it's not one of the most effective exercises. And uh, I tend to do a lot of walking these days and I love it. I also do quite a bit of sprinting because I, you know, that yeah. sort of short burst stuff just to get the cardio pumping. Absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, and, it, and, and sprinting can actually help build muscle, you know, because you're going as fast, you're ba basically making your muscles fire as fast as they possibly can when you're sprinting mm. short distance like that. So in doing that, that's going to force them to break down and then rebuild even stronger, which is, that's a, how you build muscle. Amazing. Um, how many times a week is optimum? For uh, serious exercise. I mean, obviously you can move your body every day, but like, yeah, what's, yeah. what does it look like for you? Uh, you know, uh, well, Let's see. For me, I, you know, I'm obsessive when it comes to that. So I have to do something every day. But I think that a reasonable thing would be, you know, especially somebody starting out or trying to get back to a fitness regimen, uh, you know, three times a week is not crazy. Four times would be kind of ideal. Um, maybe not every day, four times, maybe mm -hmm. two days on, one day off, two days on or any sort of split like that. Um, okay. I think so you don't need a day between every time then? You don't. No, I think that it's good for your body, though, especially when you're getting back to it, to be able to take maybe at least one day off 
every two days. Mm -hmm. um, because that just gives you, your body's not used to sort of that like stimulus, like muscularly stimulus, there's muscular stimulating, there we go. Um, and so you need to kind of give it some extra time to recover so you can, you know, just get back to it and avoid injury. So what does your uh, schedule look like then? Your weekly schedule? Yeah, uh, I usually surf two times a week, two, three times a week. Um, Do you stick to specific days for specific exercises or just whatever takes your fancy? I, I have like a program that I'll do. So like I do, cause I'm not able to do jujitsu right now. That changes things a little bit. So right now it's just lift, like lifting weights. And again, weights is a, it's a relative term. Cause it's, I'm lifting fucking cinder blocks and shit downstairs. So, wow. um, but it's, I have a, like a program where I'll do, I just do body part splits. So I'll do like, uh, like chest and shoulder exercises on one day. And then I'll go back the next day and do like back. And then I'll go back the next day and then do legs, but I break it up. So I usually go surf like this week. I surfed yesterday. Today I'll probably go down and do some sort of upper body, like chest, shoulders, maybe even some back stuff today. Um, and then I might go surf again tomorrow cause the waves are looking kind of decent. And then I'll go back down there and do some lower body stuff. So like a lot of leg activities or leg workouts, excuse me. Is the surfing like the, is the surfing the cardio? Dude, surfing, surfing and jujitsu. Amazing cardio. Yeah, surfing jujitsu. That's what I use for cardio. Um, for sure. Because it's like functional cardio as well. I mean, these are the things that like I love to do and like I want to do more of. So um I think that like for me or for anybody else who like has a sport that does require some sort of like cardiovascular output, uh it's it's smarter to let that be your cardio as opposed to trying to also add in more cardio. I feel right. like that kind of like actually is counterproductive sometimes you can be over cardio where you're like over trained you know so when it comes to doing the sport that you love or the activity uh it's harder because you're you're still trying to recover from this ex exhaustive cardio workout you did before wow um, yeah but so surfing dude surfing is probably one of the most cardiovascularly like demanding sports activities whatever you can do for sure i love i love activities like that where you're not thinking about the actual mechanics so much you're not thinking about the fact that it's fitness you know like right. the best so, fitness for me is stuff where you're just thinking about other stuff while you're doing the fitness yeah i'm thinking about masturbating drinking beers the entire time <laughs> exactly so. what what um what are your best what are your favorite tunes to listen to when you're uh, working out or do you listen to pods what do you listen to what i do you find helps it, it always i'm always music uh, and it always is shifting um i generally i mentioned it earlier man this i've been on a real iron maiden kick iron maiden's always close to my heart um wow i've been listening to them kind of exclusively uh when i've been working out down there it's kind of it's kind of fun that's the one. So like sort of up, upbeat stuff is better yeah, than I mean, like, you know. Yeah, I grew up listening to like a lot of like punk rock, especially like Bay Area punk rock. So <clears throat> kind of nostalgic for me. I'll just like put on some like some, you know, 80 or excuse me, early 90s punk rock, like kind of kind of shit. Anything that's like got a lot of energy and it, it's fast and I don't have to think too much about it. Um, like I love, I obviously love hip hop too. Uh, but sometimes working out, I can start thinking about the lyrics because, you know, I'll listen to songs. And I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I haven't heard this in so long. And then I'll start thinking about and like saying the lyrics in my mind as opposed yeah. to like, working on working out. So nothing that like distracts me, too, but just fast energy uh, and uh, yeah, and just pumps me up. Bro. Such a good point. Um, I'm trying to find a way of segueing from fitness into general questions. And so I'm going to quite crudely say, oh, we don't get to see bands like Iron Maiden anymore because of coronavirus. Oh my gosh! Um, so I must ask you how you're coping with um, in the in the grip of of coronavirus, uh, how it's changed the way you live, and um, do you think that after um, this all quietens down, do you think it will 
make us reassess uh, the way that we live and really make changes to the way we live? Or do you think it will just be business as usual? God, man, that is, you just threw yeah. a lot out there, Dinsey. Fucking big, fucking big. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> what am I going to do? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you've, you're a man of rumination. You obviously thought about this lots. Do you think it, yeah. we will just, we'll just forget about it until the next pandemic comes along? Or do you think we'll actually make systemic changes yeah. to the way we live in this world now? I mean, I certainly would really hope so. I think you'd agree with me. I also think that uh, humans just aren't that intelligent by and large. I think that uh, the vast majority, <laughs> and you can see this in the States, man, Fucking Georgia, they're just like reopening everything now. The first, I don't know if you saw oh this. Oh my God. Things reopen are fucking gyms. There we go, apropos. Gyms, like nail shops, barber shops. Full uh, contact. Right. I'm like, why the fuck? This is how dumb like Americans are in the American psyche. <laughs> like, they're just so, uh, it speaks to me, and I don't want to go too much, on a, too much on a tangent, but it speaks to me of like this, the idea of just the like, American exceptionalism, which I think like the vast majority of, of the American population still holds on to which is like they can't believe in this particular pandemic moment that this is actually happening to them. And so, right. they, you know, fucking, they would rather just bury their heads in the sands and pretend that nothing is wrong because mm. nothing could ever be wrong in the United States. And yeah, sure, let's reopen all the shit that puts us in direct contact with other people because we'll be fine. This is all bullshit anyway. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, like, I know that's just like a local thing down there in Georgia, but I feel like that's going to be like the trend more so than like taking a real moment to sit back reflect on like what this has meant so far and what this is going to mean going forward and how do we like intelligently respond to this in a way that's going to and not only just like protect us uh and insulate us from the worst effects of like another pandemic or this you know returning which that is a possibility as well but just like yeah. also how you know what have been the positives of this uh, obviously the massive amount of death is the worst case scenario and the worst part of it but like mm. the positive is that like local uh, environments are fucking starting to turn around. I mean, like no, worldwide, there's far less pollution going in the air and into the water. Um, and it, like in that immediate, just kind of that short time of just a, a lack of, let's focus on like the Bay Area, a lack of like air pollution and a lack of like people pollution. Uh, like you, you, animals are fucking like coming back. Dude, San Francisco's got like packs of coyotes just cruising around. You know what I mean? Like uh, air quality has not been this way. Like Los Angeles's air quality has not been this clean since the Spanish first got there and fucking whatever that was, 17 something. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's like, those are like some real things that like, okay, this, we've already started it because we've been forced, you know, into this quarantine life. Uh, that is, those are positives that we can now piggyback on. And how do those translate into our life going forward? I would love for that to be the case, man. I just think that I'll speak for the American psyche. Like, we're, we're just so fucking dumb here. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> we're just going to try to go back to business as fucking usual, and it's going to bite us in the ass yet again, and it'll be blamed on some other country probably. I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, I think, I, I think you're talking about, you know, the globe all over, by and large, anyway. You know, there's this, power, there's this sort of constant um, debate between going back to work and, you know, kickstarting industry again or, you know, getting rid of the coronavirus once and for all and, and uh, changing the way that we live. I mean, I, I love the, the way that you framed all of that. I'm thinking about where I live, for example, Twin Peaks in San Francisco. I go up walking around Twin Peaks every day. They've closed the roads around Twin Peaks now. And mm. it's so beautiful. Instead of like, you know, noisy, polluting cars right. driving around this beautiful landmark, it's just yeah. the roads are full of people walking around. What's well, sparse? 
vastly populated with people, but really enjoying Twin Peaks, no noise, no cars, anything. And I'm thinking, obviously, this is not an essential thoroughfare because, you know, people can get by without this road being open. So yeah. why bother opening it once coronavirus dies down? Why can't we just, you, you know, why can't this be an example of something that we just pedestrianise again in order to reduce pollution levels? And I wonder if initiatives like that will spring up all over the world and whether we'll look at the current paradigm and see how much nicer things are with this lack of pollution or whether we'll just bit by bit just go back to this fucked up idea about what progress means, which generally in the modern world means... Right industrialization doing things quicker doing things faster producing more goods at a cheaper rate providing meat for more people in more areas of the world cheaper you know like that's really right. what progress means to us right now doesn't it right no I, I completely completely agree um and i yeah i think that you and i and the, there's many other people who are like us uh who would be able to take that moment and say this is actually how it should be it's working now uh, and we need to rethink what we uh, deem as essential in our life and not just like essential services, but like shit like that. Like what I think is essential is having uh, a clean, beautiful place that we can all share and we don't need to to invade it and infest it with, you know, these, you brought up the car example, like these fucking, you know, pollution machines that fucking ruin our shit. We don't need to mass produce, uh, you know, meat in factories to feed the entire world at the expense of, every open beautiful space that we have left you know i mean it's just we get that but i feel like the we are unfortunately in the minority here and i think that's a global thing too i think that people it's just it's a human it's a human trait of just wanting to being afraid of things that are not familiar and not comfortable and that is a shift a mental shift and a cultural shift that is not familiar and it's not comfortable yeah uh, so know? true I think the biggest mis mistake that we're making is that we still think we've got a choice about how, about whether we make changes to our environments or not, you know, as yeah. if like, you know, we can carry on like this and the world, the planet, humankind will not be destroyed because right. surely this is the biggest red flag to, to tell us that, you know, these problems, global warming, the, the way we use the environment, it's, it's at our doorstep, at our doorstep now, isn't it? Right. And I think, you know, nationalism, the nationalist ideologies can be problematic as well, because I believe, you know, in, during my time of rumination, I've realized that we don't really take, we don't nurture the, the earth, the planet. We don't look at the planet and think, oh, this is beautiful. We should look after this in the same way that we would, you know, tend a garden or tidy right. our bedroom to make it look amazing. We don't do that with the planet, do we? We don't do that with planet Earth. We don't have this sense of ownership of it. Yeah. That we really should we should be trying to look after it but instead we just want to use it for, yeah. our, for our own personal gain well and you know a lot of that is too i mean that's like an individual thing that i agree with and i think a lot of it is just that um it feels pretty amorphous and it feels like a really like a large concept the, the the understanding of like global warming and global change then people don't really necessarily feel a direct connection to it you know and mm. a lot of people in the industrial world in the Western world in particular, don't, I mean, that's for them, that's just an idea. Whereas this is, you know, you'll see people fucking trip out and fucking protest and lose their fucking minds here because this is something that's actually affecting them. You know, I mean, this, this is not new, right? COVID-19 has been around uh, for a little while. Um, mm. Nobody gave two shits about it in the United States because there was no cases here. But now that it's here, everybody's losing their fucking minds. Well, it's the same thing for fucking global warming. I mean, it's people just are, they're so myopic in their view, I think generally. Uh, that they're unable to really see past their own tangible reality, you know? So if they live in a place like Iowa, for example, which is in the middle of the country, 
and they don't, you know, they're not on the coast where you see the immediate effects of, of, of sea level rise due to global warming. It's not real for them. So they don't believe in it and they don't give two shits about it, you know, but as soon as there's going to be a fucking a corn famine, which will affect the entire fucking state of Iowa as, you know, as a result of global warming, then they're all going to be fucking tripping balls. Well, then it's too late. I mean, I think that's just a fundamental flaw in uh, the way humans have developed, especially in the Western world, you know. Do you think greed is uh, more about nature or nurture? Do you think we've got an, a survival instinct to be greedy? Or do yeah. you think we are sort of conditioned that way? Well, you know, we, we've talked about this. Now I want to offend too many of your, uh, of, of your, your folks listening here. <laughs> but there's a, I think there's an inherent greedy gene that uh, modern man has when... <laughs> I don't want to get, like, get into it too much. Uh, but Tell I think there's, me. There's, honesty, well, honesty well, is what well, I require. Well, when there was when there was competition among human species, right? However many like millions to thousands, hundreds of thousands of years ago, right? There was. Uh, Are we slagging off the Neanderthals again? Was, was How again? dare you! It was it was literally who can be the most <laughs> devious, right? Which species can be the most devious and outthink right. the other ones, take away the resources, potentially Machiavellian. Right, exactly, uh, and it seems like us modern humans were the ones who figured out how to kill each other or kill other species off and take their resources uh you know and to not give a shit about anybody else I and mean, i feel like that honest i mean again that's just my conjecture but i feel like that is something that is like gene deep in most modern humans particularly europeans because that's where it really went down but you know whatever um, so fucked then if we're fucked then yeah. if it's a genetic thing we are totally well, I mean, fucked because we're not going to re we're not going to you know recondition ourselves in, well, in well, time well, we to save it. the planet but we could. That's just a conversation. And again, that's just my, like, that's my conjecture. But I think that just because something is a genetic trait doesn't mean that it can't be unlearned. You know, I mean, it's mm. always part of us, but it's just, it would take a massive um, educational movement to, and a self-reflective movement. I don't think it's something that's impossible. I mean, I feel like it, it would just take a global cultural shift and it would take a lot of, yeah, I just, the, and the scale of trying to work through that is, the enormity of it is kind of daunting. You know. Yeah, I mean, necessity is, of course, the mother of invention. And I believe that we will probably get to that stage where we literally just can't exist, you know, yeah. without making massive changes. But it would be nice if we could actually be that innovative before the point that, at which we absolutely have to. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Well, that's the challenge, right? I mean, that's what that's what people have been trying to work towards since uh, shit, man. Fuck. I mean, since the 60s, right? When it was mm. environmental movement really started to, to kick in. Yeah, we're getting by anyway. And as, as we've both suggested, it's given us time for reflection and to think about how things might change in our own lives and in the wider world. Right. Who inspires you most and why? Whew. Apart wow. from your wife, of course. Yeah, well, that's number one, of course. Yeah, of course, um, of course. But people, know, the just, listeners won't know her. So we've got to, you know, hopefully give, you'll give us some kind of public figure. Oh, at some point. Uh, you know, I, I honestly, there, I get inspiration from so many different like people. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think now. That one, that one. Sorry. I would say like, I mean, one. A so, teacher who hasn't done his homework. <laughs> yeah, I'm failing right now. <laughs> um, no, I, I honestly, at the risk of sounding kind of corny, I, I think that, um, you know, when I see young people, like really young people, like a Greta Thunberg, for example, who um, is just unafraid to 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 call out sort of the truth to power and is like really smart and really does understand sort of like the dire consequences of you know the choices that the world has made uh, those in power have made and how it's going to negatively affect the future generations hers in particular mm. um 
and is able to sort of to galvanize folks around them. I mean, she, that, I just saw an interview with her the, uh, was it two days ago on Democracy Now!, which is why it kind of pops out. I mean, just any young person who is, for as much as I hate this term, I'm going to say it, who is woke. Um, okay, yep. You know, Americans and, love coining these new terms. They do, they do and I hate that they one. They really do. Yeah, Go any, on. any person who, who just has that, this sort of understanding, who's articulating it in a way that, um, you know, it may or may not have any sort of bearing on what happens with our capitalist mode of production now in the present, mm. uh, is certainly setting the stage for what uh, could be and what will be done, I think, in, in the future. I just, my only concern is that it would be too too late. There's too big a generational divide between like that generation of young folks who are becoming like young leaders who have the right view of what we need to mm. do and the amount of time it's gonna take them to actually uh, influence any sort of politics that's, yeah. that's gonna be meaningful and actually have you know positive effects on, on our world. So uh, it's the hope for the future, man, but I, it, I, it, I'm op cautiously optimistic. It worries me that the, the time frame is, it doesn't add up, you know? Wow, that's a beautiful response. Uh, my final question for you, and you may or may not have an answer, what's the strangest thing you've ever seen? In life? Yeah, what's the strangest moment you ever had where you saw something which either defied physics or was just really weird or really spiritual or really right. supernatural or right. something like that, out of body? Is it, is it possible, is it okay to say something that is, was induced by hallucinogenic drugs? You'd be in the minority if you didn't. <laughs> I'm saying some weird <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think that uh, ayahuasca is, is an amazing, uh, it's a medicine, really. I mean, that's, that's what it was, how, what it was used for, what it still is wow. used for. Uh, mm. And, you know, there's limited time here, but I will say that, you know, I went into, I've only taken ayahuasca once and I went into it wanting to get out, get out of it sort of an experience with, um, you know, I just lost my dad at the time. This is about- Is that why you did it? Do you think you wanted some kind of answers or resolution for that? Part. And I wasn't, I wasn't missing any, any answers from, from him. And we had a, a great relationship. We always were super tight and up until the end. Um, but I, there was just a, a longing to, to know sort of what, I wanted to know more, you know, I wanted to know, there were questions I didn't ask him that were like really personable or really personal that I, uh, you know, I just didn't. And it wasn't that we had left things unspoken or instead there's just, you know, I kind of lost him when I was an immature young man. I was 27, but I was really like fucking 17 year old. Um, and so as I got older, there's just things I wanted to ask him, you know, mm. It, he wasn't available for and so I was hoping to get that out of it and what I got was even, like so much more man it was you know essentially that you know we may have specific questions for specific people in life um, but ultimately we know what we what we what we what we want man you know what I mean we might not have every specific answer we're looking for but like we know intuitively if we just listen to our inner selves get in touch with who we actually are and what we actually believe um, and what we're looking for in life. And I mean, we, we own the answers. Like we are essentially, you know, we're stardust, man. We're the same thing that makes up the, the fucking, the cosmos. And we, within that, we inherently know everything that we actually need. Sometimes it's hard for us to see it. Sometimes it's hard for us to find that within ourselves. Uh, but if you search deep enough, you take enough time and, and self-reflection, I think ultimately uh, all the answers are within, within us, man. And so that was like the biggest takeaway for me. It was, it was, it was a crazy one, but seeing it unfold, because it wasn't like, I heard a voice speak to me and share that it was it was feeling it and seeing it in 
in the form of like light and love, you know, it was crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm so in interested. It uh, totally intrigued by it. A little bit scared, but I'm sure at some stage I'll, I will dabble. But it seems to me then that what you wanted, were you, what, you wanted answers to specific questions which you wanted to ask your dad, yeah. but instead you got answers to why you were asking those questions. Yeah, that's it. So, and, 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 and like the understanding that whether it be this case with, you know, these, what I was looking for with my father or anything in general, it's the, the self doubt part of it um, is mm. always going to be there in my, in my brain. But if, you know, I just sit back and really take some time to be honest with myself and to know who I am and to be real about it and to look inside, to look inwardly, um, you know, everything that we need is, is right there, man. It's all within it. We know, we know shit that we don't sometimes can't confront. We're sometimes we're scared to confront mm. uh, because, you know, the honest fucking truth can be pretty fucking brutal. And some things I don't, some things I know about myself that I don't want to know about myself. That makes sense. Mm. You know what I mean? And so mm. I, you, we all do that. And we bury shit way deep within our fucking brains, man. Um, and but it affects our life, even though we're we're completely denying it. You know, and that's that was another part of it. It's like ultimately, if you just you activate that shit, like you you face it for what it is, and like we all have shortcomings, and if you can accept that about yourself, which you know intuitively, like I know where I come up short in life, and I'm, you know, now pretty unafraid to say it, and it doesn't mean that I'm always going to be stuck with this, you know, this thing, but it's something that like if I want to ultimately like liberate myself as a person and just become as full a person of life and love as I can, like you have to be able to, to go to the dark places and fucking, you know, and clean house a little bit, um, mm. you know, so. And also, it also takes quite a lot of courage just to accept and, and understand your vulnerabilities, doesn't it? And it to expose, you know, to, yeah, to expose them. And, and fear, man. I mean, that was, that was maybe the last thing I'll say about it is just like, fear is like something fear of like the the internal because uh, there's always things like externally if a fucking pack of wolves is chasing me yeah that's like a, a legit fear mm. but like you know fear of the things that are within our own minds like internally is that's manufactured that's not real fear you know what i mean that's just uh, an uncomfortability with some of the things that you don't want to face you know from your past in your life now um things that you know about yourself things that you know you fear about yourself it's just it's not it's not real all it takes is you really being able to fucking face it accept it and and move forward you know and being able to show that to people you know you know you and i uh, what i love about you one of the many things is that you um i think you know this too intuitively and you are so uh accepting of others because i think that you understand a lot about yourself you know and so you're able to relate okay. to other people because you see parts of you within them you know and i think that that's kind of a rare thing when you see people there it's their groups of friends or you know whoever pretty homogenous they're like themselves and to me i'm not passing judgment but a lot of times in my experience those have been people who have been uh less reflective and introspective about who they are because if you can't see yourself a bit of yourself in every person you know on this planet and you can't relate to people because you think they're you know so different or you just don't want you know that's that, that's that's on you man that's your own fucking shit that's your own ego getting <laughs> in the way nice i must ask you just really quickly what does it look like when you're taking ayahuasca i mean are you seeing real people from your past are you what sort yeah. of a journey what does it look like like visually i mean you've got your eyes yeah. closed the whole time everybody's everybody's different everybody sees different shit but yeah so generally when your eyes are open and this, 
this for me. I mean, you are, you know, you are, you've taken something, a very strong hallucinogenic drug, but you're not having visual hallucinations when your eyes are open. You know that you are on something, you feel weird. But when you close your eyes, so you go to other dimensions that I'm telling you right now, it's wow. your mind leaves this sort of conscious space and goes into into the star world, dude. And it's not scary at all for me. I mean, at least for me, it wasn't, I felt super grounded. I, the, I was with a, a really good guide as well who um, was able to talk us through it. But like, yeah, you see you see yourself traveling. I mean, it's it's different for everybody. I, I, I felt myself and saw myself going to another place in another in another realm. Um, but everything right. that existed there, I didn't see any sort of beings or creatures. Everything that existed was light. Uh, but within that light, it was almost like the light was, uh, you know, sort of inserting feelings into me. It made sense. Yeah, well, I, I interpreted, I was able to like seamlessly and flawlessly interpret those feelings and, and form them into sentences in my own mind because I understood what the light that was being passed to me meant. Wow. And do you feel like off your chops, absolutely off your chops, or do you not feel that sort of highness from like, that you do might from other drugs? You can feel you can feel fucking pretty pretty bonkers, man. It's you have to do it with somebody who's a guide who actually knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't just do it by yourself with your fucking buddy and be like, hey, we're gonna figure this thing out. Like, no, because you can. People can have really bad fucking experiences if, like, mm. you know, they start to lose their mind a little bit because, yeah, which that can happen too. Not and you won't go crazy, but you just will start to fucking trip. Like, holy shit, where the fuck am I? And if you don't have somebody there who can get a uh, guidance calm you down and talk you through that it can be that can be super scary do you think i'd be a good shaman um <laughs> i mean i'm just imagining you shirtless playing a flute while I'm sitting <laughs> and i feel like that would be calming to me so i i would say <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, could, you could definitely like talk me through any sort of soccer game like that that'd be great what a guy what a guy i mean you you and i we have this great uh alchemy between us where we can just literally talk for days and days can't we and okay. i could do it again now i've got no problem another hour and a half i'm in let's go <laughs> well um but it's been an absolute joy speaking to you and it's felt like two minutes and know. i've just looked and it's like pretty much an hour and a half yeah look at that yeah it's, and it's been... just so so beautiful yeah. as ever i miss you bud i know same big time big time well you know you're welcome over any time all right sweet well seriously we're just at home. I put some, um, I'm in my tracky bomb bombs every day. I put some um, jeans on the other day and I walked into the bedroom and he's like, she looked really freaked out. She like, she said, you look like you're going to court. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had a pair of jeans on. <laughs> the Natural High. As usual, you can subscribe to The Natural High Podcast from wherever you're listening to this pod to get every new show straight to your phone. And you can, of course, follow us on Twitter at 